Talk Real Live on BeExposedRadio.com. I was meeting with a friend yesterday, and I've gotten to the point where don't ask me a question because the truth is going to come out. Exactly. Just don't do it. If you ain't looking for the truth, don't come to me. Don't do it because (laughs) I, I... I can't hold my tongue and she wants to be this uh, stylist uh, boutique but you're not doing anything right. in that nature and I can't take you seriously mm-hmm. if you're not doing those things and I understood why people didn't take me seriously because I found myself in, in somebody else's lane I was good at what I was doing right. and what I wanted to right. be but I wasn't doing it for me so how can I ask you to take me seriously mm-hmm. if if I'm living in somebody else's shoes and nobody can do what you do and I think that that's a big problem that um, people face now like you see what somebody else is doing and you want to do that when that's not your lane. That's not your lane. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. But it's popular. It's getting that yeah. person money. It's getting that person applause. Oh, I want applause. Right. I want money. Let me stand over here behind them. And then a lot of times people aren't honest with themselves either. Like I was thinking earlier today, I'm, I've been woke for almost two days, so... <laughs> So you get honesty, yes. <laughs> and I was thinking like, you know... The Artist Exchange Radio Show. You are listening to BeExposedRadio.com. What up, what up? How you guys doing? This is Monday night, 7 o'clock, and you already know what it is. Just a bit outside radio show, your favorite local and national sports extravaganza. I'm your host, Keisha. Got my dude in the building as always. My man, Mark Foster. I think he swam here. No, you swam here. I I stayed dry. Dry and fly. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been accused of being fly. Oh man, own that <laughs> shit. <laughs> How you doing, bud? Like you said, it's wet out there, but yeah, uh, scary driving. Like ten feet in front of you, you could see is is wicked. Anything exciting go down for you this weekend? Kind of took it easy. There's a lot going Me? on. Me too. Yeah, like okay, actually. Sob story here. So, okay. Uh, local chain, Royal Farms, you know, their Facebook, they always do some giveaways. Yeah. I actually won tickets to the Moonrise Music Festival. Mark, I'm going to hurt you. Oh, my goodness. But I didn't find out till Friday morning. Uh-huh. And they wanted me to pick it up by 5, and I couldn't be there in time. So oh, my. Like, g- Mark. Oh. Right? I was so oh. mad. <laughs> we about to go on a quick commercial break. No, okay. <laughs> I was oh, I should have texted you. See if you want. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, for real though, we gotta start living. We gotta stop living these parallel lives because I didn't do anything this weekend either. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I legit just laid around um, the house and uh, you know watch sports. You know, I did get to to watch a lot of sports. Um, I did watch some of the PG, PGA Championship, 
and you know Tiger Woods you know thrilling like finish like seriously I mean I know he came in second place and Kapka got first but man he did he finish in second Tiger? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because I know at one point I was watch- I was paying attention, but I wasn't like able to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like on hole seventeen, and he was still like fifth back, mm-hmm. but the mm-hmm. leaders were still like a couple holes behind him. So wow. Yeah. Crazy yeah. Yeah. His his finish was was just insane. Like Jimmy was texting me like hole hole. Like, oh my god, yo! And I'm like, oh man. But um, you know, shout out to Joe Plecker and all of his his expertise because you know I took a lot of his notes from last week's show and applied it to, to what I was watching and it was very interesting. Also, you know, Joe made a post about his article in Golf Magazine, you know, critiquing Tiger Woods swing. So I encourage everybody to, you know, check that out because um, a very interesting article in Golf Magazine is just is is really good. It's like one of the best for the really? sport. Yes, it is. So shout out to Joe for that and well done. Um, you know, as Mark said, there was a lot going on around town this weekend in Baltimore the biggest thing is was well I should say was it's the Afram Festival yeah which you know has been going on for about 42 years now and you know it's a it's a festival that uh, you know, displays and showcases African heritage, and you know they have a lot of arts, crafts, you know, the whole nine, music, dance, and um, you know, for for a good bit of its course, it was held downtown. Um, I know it was in between the lots of um, Raven Stadium mm-hmm. and the Oriole Park. And uh, last year, they decided to, you know, slim things down a little bit and also move it to, like, an official, like, park area. So last year was the first year that they had it at Druid Hill Park. So this year makes, you know, the second go around. Um, it was really awesome. Uh, one of the, one of the, I'm going to throw a name, I'm going to do a throwback name for y'all. Um, Druid Hill, Drew Hill was performing out at Druid Hill. No way. Yeah, yeah. They did the whole Tell me what you want with the skip dance and everything. Like they were, <laughs> they were out there doing the thing, man. And uh, a lot of people really enjoyed it. And uh, a lot of people really liked the new venue. Like, like I said, being out there uh, at an official park on the grass and being able to just like chill out and listen to live music and chop it up with with your people. You know, that that thing was legit. Yeah. I think it was legit. And also, as Mark just previously mentioned, and just completely crushed me five minutes ago the moonrise festival the moonrise festival was going down out there at pimlico yep. two-day festival started on saturday and then on sunday and um i would say if you are a lover of uh if you're a music lover and you're really into the music scene and you're kind of into like b i would say b and c list kind of kind of artists um this was definitely the festival you know for you for real because they have a lot of you know up-and-coming talent that they uh that they showcase at this festival and, and then also too like you know they have a, like a lot of games and activities out there like ferris wheels and you know all types of crazy stuff that that they do at the uh at the festival um one bad thing though was they had to evacuate it. Really? Yesterday, due to the what? We- due oh, to the yeah. weather, right? You know, it was like lightning, something terrible. 
uh, yesterday, and it um, it rained a little bit because we had uh, I had my softball games and they uh, they stopped those due to weather con- conditions. Yo, shout out to the Knights, man! Season's over. We had a great a great season, dog. We ain't win one damn game. I said, did you have a great season? <laughs> I had a great season. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 legit. We we did. We had a good time. I mean, we didn't win any games, but man, we definitely had a good time uh, losing. I know Tyra had a good time. When yeah, she was, when she was here a couple weeks ago. That's what she was talking about. Was like how many drinks she was getting in. Yeah. Yeah, lots of drinks and a lot of softball, man. So shout out to all the ladies that uh, play in the in the Woodlawn Women's Softball League, man. That that thing is crazy. It's like sixteen teams out there, and we had a tournament yesterday, and it, it was just off the chain. Lots of fun. Can't wait to get back at it next year. Um, what else we got going on? So we did the goings ons around town. What's up with the hometown hero? We got one this week. Yeah, hometown hero. Local kid from uh, Bel Air. Okay. Chase Kalis. Okay. K A L I S Z. Kalis. Touted as Michael Phelps' uh, protege, uh, and he's been doing pretty well. Last week at the uh, Pan Pacific Championships in Tokyo, he took uh, first place in the uh, 200 meter and 400 meter individual relays. Got really? the medal on both of those. Uh, he swept the uh, Tokyo International Swimming Center uh, in a mirror image of his sweep at the Phillips 66 Nationals a few weeks ago, where he also won both the 200 and 400 meter individual medleys. Um, and it looks like he's the front runner and strongly positioned to uh, be the guy in 2020. I was getting ready to say that's the next Summer Olympics, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. And wow, to be uh, a Michael Phelps protege, that's some pretty big. Shoes to fill. How old did you say he was? Um, did you say how old he was? No, I didn't. But uh, was he twenty? I don't. I don't think I got the age. We'll look it up. Yeah, we'll look it up. But I mean, I mean, at that age, that's that's some pretty big, you know, shoes to fill. There are a lot of people out there that think that Michael Phelps is like the greatest Olympian there ever was. Yeah. And they have a legit argument for that. You know what I mean? He dominated, you know, the Olympics in his sport um, for so long, and and just. You know, yeah. I'll be on the lookout for that one. I have to read up on that kid, man. And you know, people are already gonna be buzzing since he's from like the same you know state, yeah, as, as Michael Phelps. So that's pretty cool. And it was under his tutelage, apparently. Yeah. 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 Nice. Mm. That's good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, on a more, what can I say? Like somber note. Yeah. We have uh, some pretty interesting um, developments. Coming out of the University of Maryland football program, um, let me get my. I'm about to get my notes out for this one because I want to make sure I get this all right. So, University of Maryland college football program has recently come under fire for their quote-unquote toxic culture in their football program. Um, this all started, I guess I would have to say it all started about two years ago, mm-hmm. right? When offensive lineman Jordan McNair died during a preseason workout. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was earlier this summer, right? Yeah, in June, yeah. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. It's actually, um, actually late May. 
is when he died at a um, preseason. He collapsed in late May and then and died. And then died June two weeks 13th. later. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Let me clear that up again. Collapsed during a preseason workout um, after he had a conditioning test, which was May 29th. Um, they took him to the hospital, and like Mark said, in early June, um, he passed away, which was like two weeks after he was taken to the hospital. And um, it was deemed that he died of heat stroke, correct? Yes. Okay. Well, that that's the thing. Like ESPN has learned that that's the cause of death, but there's been no official release yet of okay. the cause of death. Which I think which is another reason why um, his family has kind of taken, taken the routes that, that they have taken. Yeah. You know? And so... Um, the thing and the thing about this whole situation was that you know there has there has been it's been said that there was evidence that there were signs of ill health prior to him completing um i guess what would they call the one hundred ten yard sprint exercise yeah and um you know I don't know if if he you know if, if the gentleman you know stated that he wasn't feeling well or if he was you know i don't I don't know what those signs were, but there are people out there that were saying, "Look, man, they knew you know that he wasn't uh you know he wasn't one hundred percent or he he wasn't you know in a good space, but they continued to um push him and you know eventually like i said he collapsed yeah so you know this is kind of a big deal uh not only in college football and, and also at the university of maryland but just the, the football the sport of football period and you know what i mean like you know summer is when they start to you know start to condition themselves and start to get themselves ready for the season you know sometimes they might do two a days yep. you know and and it's, it's always that concern out there there's always that debate out there it's like how far is too far especially when you you know you're out here dealing with <coughs> 90 plus degree temperatures and you have you know pads on equipment on and you know you're 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 at 100 the whole entire time you know max strength max effort (laughs) you you know what i mean so you know this is kind of i wouldn't say this is an age-old debate but this has been debated recently um with the sport and you know unfortunately here we have another incident and this one Hits really close to home, you know, by it being at University of Maryland. Uh, so, what what recently, you know, has happened as a result um, of this incident with McNair, Mark? Well, he had some suspe- like suspensions or something like that. Yeah, um, right. it it looks like ESPN was investigating, right? And the university may have got wind or like a preliminary mm-hmm. article had come out. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe you found some information. ESPN requested uh, some information from the university. They said the university released a statement saying that uh, staff members had been suspended. Uh-huh. Uh, but I couldn't find anything on exactly who initially under the plural staff members. And then the next day, or maybe even on Friday, they came back and said DJ Durkin has also been suspended, in addition to whoever was suspended previously. Okay, um, so let me just clear up a little bit about that. Um, As far as we know, as of right now, um, Maryland coach uh, DJ Durkin, along with three other members of his staff, have been um, placed on 
administrative leave, which is um, current, which is a paid leave. So they they all leave, but they still getting paid. Now, a lot of people. Okay. Oh. All right, so we have a, um, a comment from Dennis. Um, Dennis said if they fired him, what coach in their right mind would want to come and have to face Penn State, Ohio State, and some more of the Big Ten powerhouses? We'll get to that in a, in a quick second because, um, you know, that's one of my questions um, as far as, you know, how University of Maryland moves forward. But, um, you know, some people may be sitting at home right now or watching this right now saying, you know, how the hell are they still getting paid? Um, why aren't they suspended as opposed to being placed on administrative leave? Yeah. And I believe I spoke a little bit about this last week when we were talking about Ohio State and Urban Meyer. You know, um, everybody believes in, was it due process? Yeah. In, you know, in essence. Um you know, University of Maryland is not going to to jump the gun unless there is irrefutable like video evidence. Yes. Or something. Yeah. And as of right now, they don't have that. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of um, there isn't any concrete evidence that they can be like, okay, here we can directly you know link this to Durkin and he can get out of here. You know what I mean? And you know, there's also, I mean, we always know that, that the bottom line is always somewhere lurking around there. You know what I mean? And, you know, I can I can almost bet you that University of Maryland is taking their time and being judicious about this because of speculation of paying him after this is done. Now, when um, coaches sign their contracts, when they get these salaries, you know, there are always stipulations to that. There are certain guidelines that they have to follow as well, just like a player does or, you know, just like anybody else. You know, right? Now, Typically. Yeah, yeah. most of <laughs> Right. So, you know, one of the stipulations is that this head coach does not a- act in the interest of his football players or of the, you know, the school's organizational program and whatnot. They can let you, one, they can fire you, and two, they can fire you without paying you a damn dime. Not always. All right, let's go. It, it, it depends on the structure of the contract. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, there's the music, so I guess we'll have to pick it up after. Okay. Yeah, more on University of Maryland when we come back on Just a Bit Outside. My name is Reese Lucy. I'm a retired teacher. I'm 91 years old, and this is how I live united. I say retired, but not really. Once a week, I read books to children as part of United Way's education program. Reading to a child creates links between language and literacy. It creates a bond between grown-up and child. And believe it or not, it prepares them for a better academic future. Oh, we read about frogs and flies and pigs with wings, all sorts of juicy stuff. It's a joy to watch all those little faces. I figure I have the time and they have the need. And I've always believed that if we're not here to help each other, then what are we here for, really? My name is Ruth Rusi. I help kids prepare to succeed in school. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. My name is Mira Batra. I have been in this country 32 years, and this is how I live united. America has always been the land of promise, and in my community, many families have come for a better life. 
coming from another culture myself i know the desire to become part of a community to feel at home and to gain the tools for our children and families to succeed so i advocate for these families with united way united way empowers them to look beyond their histories and to see what opportunities are available we help them get involved with their kids schools network within the community and when we do we unite them we make the community stronger what i do is something i wish someone had done for me and i am so grateful i am able to my name is meera batra i help families see opportunities and succeed i don't just wear the shirt i live it give advocate volunteer live united go to liveunited.org brought to you by united way and the ad council keyboard cat hamilton the pug and toast meets world These are some of the internet's most beloved pets. With millions of YouTube views, shares, Instagram likes, followers, and fans across the globe. But what do all these amazing pets have in common? Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit the shelterpetproject.org to find a shelter or adoptable pets near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard? Well, <laughs> That's entirely up to you. Visit the shelterpetproject.org and hear more about Hamilton the Pug, Toast, and Keyboard Cats. You are listening to beexposedradio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back, you guys. Just a bit outside radio show. I am your host, Keisha. And always, my dude to my right, it's Mark Foster in here chopping it up on the sports tip. And uh, when we left off, we were talking about the scandal that's kind of rocking Maryland, and most specifically, the University of Maryland's football program. Um, As we said earlier, they have come under fire for having a quote-unquote toxic culture within the program. Um, A gentleman has, uh, a student, not just a gentleman, but a student of the football team has recently died. And now, you know, the whole entire program is under, under the microscope. And you know what I mean? And when I say under the microscope, I mean, you know, this has hit the likes of ESPN. So... But this is this is big news, you know. ESPN doesn't waste any time talking yeah. about something insignificant. And you it know? seems like the story hit, and I texted you it. Yeah, yep. And it's kind of quiet, and it just built over the weekend into this national thing. That's it's going to get huge, and I'm not going to be surprised if other schools get dragged into it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was. I think I sent you a text message a couple of months ago that the NCAA was investigating a few programs. And remember, University of Maryland was on the list. Yeah. So you know they were already being scrutinized, and to have this come out, you know, to kind of like follow up afterwards is just really not a good look. Um, the University of Maryland, they're trying to be proactive about the situation. Um, I believe they have hired a sports medicine consulting firm um, by the name of Walters, Inc. 
to conduct an investigation of the team protocol and that's going to be a 90 day investigation so you know and and that's just the University of Maryland. That's not even talking about what the NCAA um, is, is going to do themselves. Because I'm pretty sure they're going to execute their own inv- investigation as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, go ahead. Here's the thing. Like um, like you said, they hired uh, Walters Association. Walters, mm-hmm. the, the person in charge of it is Rod Walters, a sports medicine consultant who oversaw training, athletic training at Appalachian State and South Carolina. And he's conducting the review, and it's their, they're calling it an external review because it's someone not associated with the university. Right. But um, there's been some questions as to the legitimacy of this review. Um, and why is that? Okay, what I read. Bless you. Thank you. Um, they had players return early from their time off, time off to, uh, to meet with the investigators. A sign-up sheet was posted in the office door of Jason Bison, the team's assistant yes. athletic director for right. football operations. Meetings took place in the offensive staff's meeting room in the Gossett football team house. Uh, a player is quoted as saying, they tried to interview players at the most inconvenient time in Gossett, basically right in front of Durkin's office. Woo! Now... Let's think about that. They they interviewing you right in front of your coach's office. How candid and how honest are you? You know, are you are you gonna be though? Do you think yeah. there's like a little pressure behind that? Oh, absolutely. The, right. the player went on to say, uh, basically, anyone can walk in. Any coach or whoever uh, or whoever really wants to can walk by and see who signed up and who's talking to the investigation. Oh hell no! <laughs> right. <laughs> And I think I heard talk earlier that they might actually start a second external investigation. And yeah. You're, you're like, you know, they better. They need to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like I said, I, I got full faith in the NCAA. Yeah. You know what I mean? And especially with them already being on the radar. And then also, you know, as I, I, as I said before, you know, this heat stroke thing within the sport is a big deal and, and is being looked at, you know, every year. Yeah. Every year, I, you know, I, you know, I'm all about stats and everything, and you know, I read that 90 percent of heat stroke related deaths occur during practices. Wow. And that's big. That's huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that is something that the coach can control, and his staff, not just the coach, but the staff too, can control. And another thing that I found kind of interesting, as you know, we were reading and researching, was that. You know, um, Durkin kind of has a reputation. For one, I mean, the the words that I read that kind of really stood out to me was that he was known for being this quote unquote oppressive, intimidating, and you know the the last the last characteristic might give give me some get me some side eyes, but a bully. You know, and I say that, you know, it might get it might score me a few side eyes because people are saying, you know, some people may think that, oh, it's football. You're supposed to be tough. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Being tough is one thing. Being mentally and emotionally, physically abused. I mean, mentally and emotionally abused is something totally different. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, it's, it's a very fine line. To where, you know, from being hard on a student athlete to just being a dick. For real, for real. I couldn't say it any better. Like, and it, it doesn't sound like they were just being 
making these guys tough. It was right. belittling. Uh, you know, just the the quotes that I was reading was completely not appropriate at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, what I was reading was uh, the head strength and conditioning coach, Rick Court. He was Durkin's first hire after getting hired on as head coach. Really? And it's interesting that you mentioned Urban Meyer from the discussion last week. Because yep. both Durkin and Court was on the coaching staff of Urban Meyer uh, previously. Now that is very interesting. Right. And you know a lot of these a lot of these um, assist, assistant coaches that that get you know head coaching positions or that fall under these like umbrellas they don't do anything but adopt the culture the principles of these you know these huge bigger coaches, i.e. Urban Meyer. Yeah. And and you know it it's like it, it's like a cycle. Yep. Kinda, because I mean, even though you you're bringing in a new coach, a new, a new, some fresh, you know, fresh perspective, fresh blood, you still have all of these old like principles and and like they call it a toxic culture that they've been, you know, that it's basically been like inbred in the coach, you yeah. know, and so it still goes on and on, which you know that that's very interesting and a great point too. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Urban Meyer's charging. I don't think that's going to hurt Urban's. <laughs> that's not going to help Urban's. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So, let's kind of address um, Dennis's comment from earlier and probably a couple of questions that you guys may have as well about the whole incident. You know, um, what does University of Maryland do moving forward? Um, this is about all the time that we have right now. We have to take a commercial break. But when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll have a little discussion about that. You're pretty much everything this company is looking for in an entry-level candidate. Great. Your resume isn't quite what we're used to, but you've got a fantastic work ethic. Thank you. And I'm impressed by how you carry yourself. So, should we talk about the job? What? The job? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I have no way of recruiting or even meeting you. This interview didn't happen. It may sound ridiculous, and that's because it kind of is. There's a huge pool of talent your company is missing out on. Meet the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Man, we really could have used him. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. My name is Ruth Rusi. I'm a retired teacher. I'm 91 years old, and this is how I live united. I say retired, but not really. Once a week, I read books to children as part of United Way's education program. Reading to a child creates links between language and literacy. It creates a bond between grown-up and child. And believe it or not, it prepares them for a better academic future. Oh, we read about frogs and flies and pigs with wings, all sorts of juicy stuff. It's a joy to watch. You are listening to BeExposedRadio.com.
Welcome back to the Outside Radio Show. <laughs> On BeExposedRadio.com, you should like check out the outtakes between the commercial breaks. You're checking out us out live on Facebook, live on YouTube. Tune in app, Radio Loyalty app. We appreciate it. Share the link. Share the love. And as you've seen on the screen flashing up there on the little bar, Be Exposed Radio is having an open house. Uh, if you're local to the Baltimore area or for our listeners outside of the area, if you know people in Baltimore, tell them if they have a business to promote it. Come on down by the open house. It's Friday, August 24th, 5 to 8 p.m. There's networking. Uh, there will be a live broadcast, refreshments, open mic for artists. Uh, yes, come check us out and uh, try to spend your advertising dollars wisely on us. Hey, and also, too, like, if you're looking for a job, we need engineers, man. Come and chop it up with us. Have a good time. There's a lot going on that night. So, looking yeah. forward to that. Looking forward to seeing the gang, too. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you guys, when we left off, we were talking about the University of Maryland football program and everything that's been going on. We discussed what happened, why they got there, who's the asshole, and now... I guess this is the part where we discuss what do they do moving forward. Um, one of our listeners or viewers, I should say, um, Dennis, had an excellent question. They said, if, he said, um, if they fired him, what coach in their right mind would want to come in and have to face Penn State, Ohio State, and some more of the Big Ten powerhouses? Um, Dennis, this is what I'm going to say about that. Uh, I think their opponents is going to be one of the last things <laughs> on that coach's mind. You know what I mean? Um, I think there is somebody out there who's re- who's willing to risk it all, <laughs> per se, and, and try to bring a new culture to University of Maryland. Yeah, if you have a Division One football program, there's always going to be a coach that's going to willing be yeah. willing to jump in that spot. Um, but like you said, it's culture. It's a complete culture overhaul. Yeah. And when that new person comes in, I mean, we're assuming DJ Durkin is gone, which I'm going to say at this point, I'm assuming he's gone. Me too. Um, <laughs> and just saving face right now. Yeah. When that new person comes in, they're going to have to go and earn the trust of the players that decide to stay because, you know, the NCAA is going to say anyone that wants to go, you can go without exactly. penalty. Exactly. And how the hell can you worry about your opponent when you don't have anybody to play for you? Because yeah. not only are you worried about keeping your players there, how are you going to bring players in? What parent in their right mind is going to be enthusiastic about sending their child to a program where somebody just died? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it like that, but that's that's the honesty of the situation. So, as far as University of Maryland is concerned, and you know the next coach, the next coach in line, and let me just make a quick note about that. Um, there is an inter- interim coach um, that's taking place for Durkin right now, and that is offensive coordinator Matt Canada, Canada who um, I really haven't heard anything about. I need to read up on him to see. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't had any heard any character witness type type deals with that. But I mean, you know, what I can say for right now with the coaching staff as well as with the university itself, number one on the list is damage control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're about to be under the biggest microscope of your your college football's career. I mean, honestly, I, I can't say. I mean, I've been you know watching college football for a little while now. I can't say say that University of Maryland has ever really went through anything like this of this magnitude. 
let me just say. You know, and you know, with that, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff with the football players themselves, students, anybody that, you know, was anyway involved with this situation. You know, and then, like I said, secondly, is a complete evaluation of the program and what you can do to improve that and completely change that. Because you don't want to be known around the NCAA for having a toxic football culture. Simple, simple as that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Let's even apply Dennis's question to prospective players. People sure. that are touring schools and making their their decision about where to go to college. And, of course, they want a scholarship. They want to play. And maybe some of these players want to go down to the NFL. I mean, especially the, player, the, the high school kids now. Yeah. If Maryland was on their short list, you got to think that they exit out right away. Absolutely. Absolutely, because, you know, I mean, these kids, I mean, you already have enough to worry about as far as, like, CTE, you know, you got the domestic violence thing. And like I said, this whole heat stroke, you know, situation and conditioning and practices, this is something that you can control. So I don't think that's, you know, it's not appealing to anybody who's who's looking to, to be a part of the program. I mean, that's just point blank, you know, so... So, Dennis, you know, I guess to answer your question, yes, there's somebody out there crazy out there with somebody ballsy enough to be like, you know what, I can turn this around because, hey, history has shown that it has happened and can happen. Yeah. You know and what I mean? Whoever comes in, their, their first point is going to be, we're not going to be turning this into a winning team. We're just going to t- change this into a team, period. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, you just think about all the stuff that we just mentioned as far as, like, the the questioning and about the position and where the questioning took place, the fact that people can know who's in there snitching and whatnot. You know, this is is going to divide the locker room. This is going to divide the program because I'm pretty sure there's some some staff as well as some players who probably – Want Durkin to stay, and are probably very fond of Durkin. You you know what I mean. So, you know they they, they have a lot that they have to worry about right now. And and reform, <laughs> reform. I just don't think reform is uh. It, I mean, I'm sorry. I think reform is number one on the list, not necessarily the competition. Yeah. And something interesting also that just popped in my head. It's not only the players that were beat down by the Durkin administration. It's actually existing staff members that have been with the school. Yeah. Um, let's see. Wes Robinson, he was, he's the Terrapins head athletic trainer. He's been there since 2006. He worked with previous uh, coaches, uh, Friedgen and Edsel. Um, and one staff member who was part of the ESPN story said that uh, working with him, he was always meek and mild-mannered. Mm-hmm. But as the Durkin administration was taking over and he saw how they were... He realized he had to adapt, otherwise he was out of a job. And he That's crazy. He was basically bullied into acting like them. Right. It's it's a crazy just culture all the way over enti- the entire program. And I guess that's like the very definition of toxic. Yeah. <laughs> for real, for real. Like if you've ever worked at a toxic workplace too, like you just know how it seeps into your soul and you're just Absolutely. Like, you hate being there. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's something that kind of comes home with you, too. Like, you don't necessarily escape that. Yeah. So, you know, we'll be on the lookout for, you know, how this whole saga and this investigation with the University of Maryland will unfold. I guarantee there'll be some more stuff coming out. I always say that. You know, when investigations first start, we just at the, thin, we just at the top layer of things. So, you know, this will be pretty exciting since it's so close to home and, you know, and it's going to be covered nationally. I'm really interested to see what ESPN comes up with. It's the tip of the proverbial iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and also to, like, you know, um, prayers going out to the McNair family because, I mean, this is kind of like you reliving the whole entire thing all over again with, with you know, this whole media and, you know, the spotlight being on them. So, you know, um, we pray for them and, and wish them strength and healing as well, man, because that's, that's rough. That's real rough. All right, so let's move from the collegiate level to the professional level. Okay. Let's talk Ravens. And, you know, Ravens let's talk baby. about. Yeah, Ravens, baby. Now, they, go ahead. I'm going to say, don't get too excited. I, yeah, I'm going to. It's preseason. Right. They love to be the preseason champs. Last year, let's just say, for example, yep. the Browns were 4 0 in preseason. We all know what they did. Yep. But yep. Uh, you got to like what you saw. Uh, you know, I'm. I'm not going to lie. You know, I really have been liking what I've been seeing from some from these young dudes on the Ravens. You know, I was lucky enough to go to the game on Thursday, and I had a good time and a lot of beer. But, you know, I still had my analyst goggles on. I know your ass booed Joe Flacker, too. <laughs> you know, the crazy thing, our homeboy Mike DJ Delight, and what up, you jerk. He, he texted me prior to me. <laughs> he texted me prior to me going. Like, when I'm on my way to the game, before I even got into M&T Bank Stadium. And he's like, yo, breaking news, yo. <laughs> Joe Flacco broke his arm and is out for the season. So, I'm like, oh, my God. So, I immediately get on the phone and text Mark, like, yo, post it. I'm trying to tell you breaking news. You know, Joe Flacco. <laughs> Broke his arm for the season. And I'm walking into this. We walking, we legit walking into the stadium at this point. And I'm thinking to myself, like, why did I get an alert on my phone or anything? So I told, my, I told Mark, like, yo, just sit on ice for a quick minute. Do you, get, remember, do you remember my response? <laughs> what was it? I was like, I'm listening to the radio right now. I'm <laughs> not talking about it at all. Of course, I'm at this point. I'm like two, three beers in. I get into the, I get into the stadium, and I see that Bama on the field. I was so <laughs> mad, man. Of course, I had to cuss Mike out, man. I'm gonna get you back for that one, yo. But yeah, Joe Flacco was out there looking like Joe Flacco. He kind of looks like 2012 with Jeff Flacco, though. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, he liked to fool you. He liked to fool you. <laughs> I'm going to give that Bama three games before I give a legit opinion about how I feel about him this season. But let me just tell you, I, I am just Lamar Jackson and RG3, you know. Yeah. Continue to, to impress me. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not a big RG3 fan. I have very similar emotions <laughs> about RG3 that I have about LaBooty James. But, you know, I've, I've been impressed, man. I've been impressed. You know, um, the Hall of Fame game was a little, a little shaky for Lamar. Maybe he had some, I don't know, first time out pro football so? jitters. I, I, I thought this, I thought he played a lot better the second game. 
Then he did the first game. Oh, the Hall of Fame. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying the Hall of um the Hall of Fame game. Yeah. It was uh, a little um was a little shaky. Yeah. But you know, the second time around, he, he looked a lot better. I mean, I don't know. What you think? Definitely. I mean yeah. the Hall of Fame game was his first official NFL game, mm-hmm. preseason or not. <clears throat> so it's a game time situation. Yeah, he's an experienced college player, but uh, this is it's his rookie game in his in his rookie season in the NFL. I didn't expect much in that first game. He could have thrown seven picks, and I wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> his progression from rookie training camp to training camp to preseason games has been spot on. Mm-hmm. And like you said, this game what was he seven eleven? No interceptions. He did a bit of running too. Dude's looking good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, Mark hit the hit it right on the head when he's when he used the key word, and that's progression. Yeah. You know, that's definitely something that you want to see in the preseason with with a rookie quarterback. You know, what I mean, even if it is from week to week, you know what I mean. Like these are these are very uh, important weeks for for the younger guys that's on the squad because and and also you know for the Ravens as well because you know they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with these guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of, um, you know, positions that are, you know, up for grabs where I'm I'm pretty sure they're still trying to figure things out, you know? Lamar Jackson was going to make the team no matter what. He's the yeah. first-round pick. Right. But uh, I don't think they've carried two, three quarterbacks since Flacco's second season. Mm-hmm. And RG3 has given them a very good reason to. Yeah. And, and you know, also, too... I think they need to, you know, because we all know Joe's a little banged up. He's put his time in, you know, and also, you know, it never hurts to, well, I think it never hurts to have another veteran on the bench sitting there with your young guy, you know what I'm saying, constantly, you know, doing that hands-on, you know, veteran leadership, that intangible asset that, that's, you know, sometimes it's hard to come by with quarterbacks. And let's be honest, the Ravens kind of owe him because, uh, you know, Haloti Nada was the whole reason he got put out that rookie season. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I still talk about that joint to this day, man. Yeah, the Ravens, the Ravens do owe him a little something, something. Huh? Not a whole lot, but they owe him a little something, something. But, you know, like Mark said, I mean, RG3 has been give, is given a hell of a case. It's like, look, man. Put me on at least, you know what I'm saying, another year or something. See what see what happens. Well, him and Flacco were both five of seven. Yeah. Uh, RG three had like 71 yards. Flacco had 88. Mm-hmm. No interceptions for either one. Touchdown mm-hmm. each. Uh, there's definitely going to be a quarterback chase to see who gets starter, but RG three is going to get that. Uh, get on. He's trying to get on the on the roster. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing he's doing really well doing it too, man. So more power to him. Um, you know, I mentioned about uh, uh, about the the Ravens having to make some decisions, you know, looking at at some of these young guys. And I can't help but mention Brashard Perry. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> I can't help it, man. I swear to God because, you know, this is one of the more um uh, baffling like cases that has come through uh, Ravens Nation, you know what I'm saying. You talking about somebody who, when they arrived to the Ravens, was like up here, 
You know what I mean? Everybody was all starry-eyed. Oh, man, he's going to be this. He's going to be that. He's going to do this for the offense. And he just has not panned out. Not only has he not panned out, I mean, the dude is legit falling from grace. He's gone from up here to for people like me being like, why the hell is he still get, putting the purple and black on? I do remember his draft class. Yeah. When he was drafted, people did question his hands. Mm-hmm. And his hands has been the questionable as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in that Hall of Fame game, he just showed exactly why he looked like the Brashad Pyramid of old. But then this game, he looked good. Yeah, yeah. Three receptions, seventy yards. Yeah, yeah. He 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 definitely uh, did the damn thing. Um, he did the damn thing this this past game. I'm just not sold. You got the music. All right, you guys, when we come back, we're going to talk more football. Don't go anywhere. Just a bit outside. Only in the forest can you see this. (laughs) But nothing beats the moment you see that. Cool! That's your child's eyes opening up to a world of possibilities. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. And you might just see this. Visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. You're now listening to the flashback. Within our community, we got to look at ourselves and love and support each other. However, when we bring color into the perspective, we are no longer looking at each other as equals. We are dividing ourselves even more so than what society divides us. We're already divided with inequality, not unequality, but inequality within a system that is meant to keep us down. Here we are yet again doing things that are detrimental to our survival and and sustaining of a fruitful living. We're causing more mental health issues upon ourselves in our own society and our own communities by talking about the difference in, in complexion even when it gets down to the point where we discriminate upon each other. I've often felt that I have been discriminated against even with my own people when it comes to me going into a business that is black owned and black operated and I get up service and then I never want to return and into that establishment because the service was so up. I support those who support me it doesn't matter what color you are what race you are if you are a peaceful person peaceful loving person who believes in equality I will love and support you with the same effort however being black and supporting black and acknowledging that I love the make sure you check out McLean's Couch Every Tuesday at 9 p.m. on BeExposedRadio.com. Be Exposed Radio. It's a family affair if you want to look at it that way. It is. I, I, I totally agree. And I believe what I, I believe that this wisdom on the wall is going to be a movement. And that's what that's what I believe we are we're we are doing. Is we're creating a movement where where people is essentially even after we've presented in these workshops, then they'll be inspired to sort of document some of the things that they've gone through and empower somebody else. So it's it'll be like a yeah. chain effect. So 
so they'll see that you know we we were just three women who have gone through mm-hmm. various things and experiences in our lives and we just took yeah. the opportunity to sit down put it in a book and then it'll be a movement and then other women will be inspired to do the same thing let me tell you we are better together we are so much better together family I'm telling yeah. you when we when we band yeah. together put our resources and our experiences together we can create a movement and that's what it's about inspiring people to do more than what they may currently see of their own lives that they can do so much more so yeah mm-hmm. you are exactly right mm-hmm. the inspired radio show tune in every wednesday from 7 to 9 p.m you are listening to be exposed radio.com whoa the moment my son saw a redwood tree it's huge is the moment i knew that for him you see the top of that thing even the sky has no limit there are some moments only the forest can inspire find yours at discovertheforest.org learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go your moment is out there find it at discovertheforest.org brought to you by the u.s forest service and the ad council you are now listening to just a bit outside the sports radio show at bexposedradio.com come join us every monday night from 8 to 10 p.m on youtube Facebook or BeExposedRadio.com. Um, so we had a lot of things uh, going on. Mother's Day, the, Major the League weekend. Baseball, pink bats, yeah. pink outfits. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they certainly did the mothers. Um, the mothers good. They don't show them justice. Um, like Jimmy said, the pink bats, um, cleats, um, all types of pink highlights um, in the major leagues. Uh, the Orioles. Um, were swept by the Kansas City Royals. Wow, The Kansas City Royals. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Kansas City Royals is like they are like one of the worst teams in the in, in the uh, major league baseball. Right now. Yeah, so that that was a little uh, that was a little tough. Yeah, so the Orioles no longer have the, the top record. It belongs to the Washington Nationals now. Yeah, so yeah, that was yep. tough. So hopefully um, they'll get back on track with the next series. Um, uh, Maryland, we got some local sports, uh, collegiate to report. Uh, the Maryland lacrosse. Let's shout out the Maryland lacrosse team. They um, are in the NCAA tournament, and they... Hey, this is Mark, just a bit outside on BeExposedRadio.com. Listen to us every Monday, 8 to 10 p.m. on Facebook and on YouTube. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. You are listening to Be Exposed Radio. Check out this flashback from Sunset Soul Radio. Sometimes, let me say this, sometimes...
Welcome back. Just a bit outside radio show on BeExposedRadio.com. Uh, every Monday night, we appreciate you checking us out. Facebook Live, YouTube Live, TuneIn app, Radio Loyalty app. Share the link, share the love. It's not just a catchphrase. Do it. You're watching us. Just If you're on your phone, hit share. If you're on the computer, hit share. It, all it takes is like half a second. Sports Radio! Sports Radio! <laughs> Yo, we back, we back. We were talking about the Baltimore Ravens and their impressive win against the L.A. Rams. Man, ain't much I can really say about that game with the L.A. Rams. They ain't scoring no points up until, like, what, the fourth quarter? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know, but um, we were discussing one of the more, I, I, I would have to call this a hot topic for the Baltimore Ravens preseason. The whole issue about Brashard Perriman. Now, Mark, I'm going to ask you, should he stay or should he go? Should he stay or should I? Right. I, I, I took everything in me not to sing it, and then there you go. <laughs> no, I know. Um, I know. I have no idea. I mean, yeah. I, I think John Brown's going to be an amazing part of the receiving core. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Crabtree. Got Crabtree. They got the tight ends that are catching, too. Um, Is that Max Williams? Yeah. Yep. Oh, Hurst, he even got a reception too. Yeah. Yeah. Hurst is looking rookie of the year candidate. Like, yeah. seriously. Yeah. And wasn't wasn't he the one that played another sport prior to? Did he? I'm gonna have to, I'm, we're going to look that yeah. up for the next show, but I, I almost want to say he played baseball in the major leagues or something like that. Wow. Prior to. Yeah, yeah. I want to say it. it. Back to Brashad, though. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. I think it's almost a shame that the NFL, and I understand it's because of the type of game that it is, but it doesn't have a minor league system like the like MLB. Right. That you could send them down for a little bit more seasoning and yeah. get right yeah. and bring them back up. Well, because Perriman has the tools yeah. and he shows those flashes of brilliance, but then starts dropping the ball again. Yeah, and, and that's another thing about the NFL. They really don't have much time to be teaching you shit after you get to that level. Yeah. You you know what I'm saying? I mean, really, the whole entire preseason and even before the preseason, what, you call, what are those, the OTAs? OTAs. Yeah, yeah. This is for you to get macclimated to their way of life and the plays. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, of course, there's, there's going to be a little bit of coaching here and there, but, you know, Football is such a short and fast-paced season. They really don't have time to be sitting up here telling your ass three, four, five times a, 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 a year, look, you watch the ball into your hands. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, they don't Bring have it time. into the chest. Right. Bring it into the chest. Or tuck the ball in that three-point. You know what I'm saying? They don't have any time to be telling your ass that over and over again. So, And that's a, a lot of, of the reason why I'm like, yo, I can't sit up here and be on the fence with with someone who has... Oh, we won't be back? Damn. All right. I'm going to finish my rant when we come back. And uh, also, we got a guest in the house, so we're going to chop it up. Don't go nowhere. You know, when it comes to your children, especially if you're that you actually like, 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 actually like, you do want to... You want... It to work, so right. you're gonna hope and encourage 
the relationship between your child and that person because you like that person you know so you're gonna hope for the best I mean sometimes yeah it just doesn't work and you can't make it work you can't force it it's like a branch you keep bending it eventually it'll snap and even if you put it back together it'll never be what it once was Mm -hmm. but you definitely pray on it you hope for the best you know because like nobody wants to spend the rest of their life alone just because that a, a particular relationship didn't work out, but you had this beautiful creature as a result of it. You know, but you don't want to necessarily spend there. And you're not all of a sudden a bad person. You're not all of a sudden not going to fulfill this other person's needs. You, madam, are a harlot and a scoundrel. <laughs> because so, I had one kid is, while I was still married. Like, <laughs> but what is you, I'm what is, so I take that back. What if the the situation turns around the other way? So you ready for your child to meet. They meet the person. And this person is a giver. So this person is buying your child lots of gifts and wanting to do... I would usually... do you like, let I don't, no, you don't let you don't uh-huh. like just, if it's a birthday or, or some sort of holiday or something like that okay and they want to get them a few things or get them something okay but just on like a regular basis like unless it's like Nestle's quick or something that you can get from like you know what I'm saying or like Kit Kats yeah. or something like that like no don't spend a lot of money it's on See, I'm sorry I feel it's I, unrealistic like I buy his Tune in live to Salacious Life Radio every Wednesday from 9 to 11 only on BeExposedRadio.com. By Land Radio Show. Two years ago. If you broke that bike and it don't work, that's on you, brother. I suggest you get that toolkit out back and then start working with it, right? Yeah. So my son's looking at me like, wow. And, I, you know, I broke down to him how we had got um, fixing flat tires down to right. a science. Mm-hmm. You understand what I mean? Sticking the tube in the water. Right? Talk to me, brother. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, critical thinking and seeing we look at that now and like kids, they not as, you know, they not as on hands like like we were back in the day. That's because nowadays you don't have to put the bikes together anymore. They can come assembled. Yeah, everything's coming assembled. When you buy it in the store, they ask you like if you want it already assembled. Right, right. Back then you just got the box with a million pieces. Right, and And today I don't think they could work with that. It's just like the thought process. Nowadays you get a bike that's that's already put together. Now when you were younger, you had actually had to put this bike together. You got to put it together. It basically closes your mind into learning how to do something. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, now yes. Now you're giving it something. So, okay, you take this and this is what it is. Right, so now right. So we have to run with this instead of teaching the child, this is how you put this together so you can see the result as this. Right, right. Criti- critical thinking. I like that. Not to cut you off, Mr. Okay. Neese, but let's go to our first commercial break. And then we're going to come back and finish talking about critical thinking. 50s, late 40s, early 50s. That's not uncommon. It's a lot of. I mean, I could, I could, I can give you examples like that. But it's a good thing he's dead because she can, she can actually move on. Like you can't move she on. Can't know. If he was alive, picture if he was alive and she found out she was having sex with her father for fifteen years. Uh, you can't move on from that. Somebody's got to die. You can't. It's gonna be hard. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to die. So wait, <laughs> that means he didn't Immedi- know either, though. Immediately, so I can stop vomiting because I'll have nothing else left to vomit. All my means, insides, all my skeleton. He didn't know either. That's what would be the crazy. Well, part. he wouldn't. He still doesn't know because he's dead. How does that game go? Marry, screw, kill. How does that work? With you are listening to Be Exposed Radio.
Yeah, do you see this one? Live from okay. downtown Baltimore. <laughs> What's up? Just a bit outside radio show. We in the yeah. building, and as you can see, we have some guests in here. Hey, Mark, lean back just a little bit, oh. bro. <laughs> Make my chair all right, right here. That good? All right, so um, as you can see, we have some guests. Got it. We have some guests in the building. We have Lynn. And Andrea, these are two representatives of the Baltimore Black Heritage Week, two beautiful, melanated individuals who I am just so happy, as well as Mark. He's happy, too, to have them in the building. We ain't bad. Yeah, Mark's looking like melanin to me. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, we were just talking about that online, <laughs> offline. We were talking about the posts and sharing, and Lynn has a very funny story. Wow. Uh, as you know, we are right at the beginning and the height of Baltimore Black Heritage Week 2018. And as part of the outreach team, uh, many of us <laughs> follow our shares and likes, and we're very excited when people share and like. And today we noticed, um, well, it wasn't just today that we noticed, but today we looked into this Mark who followed some of Black Heritage Week's <laughs> posts. And, and when we looked at him, we were like, oh, it's very that? similar He's to this guy. Brown? He looks like brown. <laughs> Who is this guy? And then I went further. It was like just a bit outside. I don't remember a brown, curly <laughs> hair guy. And then here he is, Mark. I'm just still carrying some of my Arizona tan. <laughs> yeah, basking in all of his summer sun glory. Big tan, even though I've been gone for ten years. So okay. Yeah. My hair. But is it was nice to see the share. I mean, my hair is so naturally curly. Wait a minute. Oh, fast, Mark. Let me just address somebody real fast. Oh, Lonnie, I got your ass, okay? He's, Lonnie says, move back, block her ass. That's one of my football guys who, who be hating on Ravens Nation sometimes. And I'm just going I'm just going to leave him with, with one thought. Hold that. Hold that nation, okay? <laughs> Don't come for me or the purple and black, shorty. <laughs> so... As we said, we have these two beautiful women, and um, we want to, them to give everybody, our viewers, um, some of our listeners and fans and everything, um, and just an idea of what Baltimore Black Heritage Week really is. That will be me. <laughs> so, this so, isn't yeah. your first rodeo. Been here before. No, right. not at all. So thank you. Thank you guys for having us. It is not our first rodeo on Just a Bit Outside Radio. It's also our second appearance for our second annual observance of Baltimore Black Heritage Week, which essentially is a week to explore and participate in activities to get to know what's available to you here in Baltimore City, um, what black people are doing in art, in music, in business. Um, it's a time to just be proud and to observe. And so the week is the 12th through the 19th, so we're right here on the second day, today being August 13th. Happy Black Heritage Week. Happy Everyone. Black Heritage Week. Happy Monday. Um, so we like to say that it's uh, an opportunity to be extra and intentional about whatever it is to you that means being black. And so for some of us, it's colors like red, black, and green of our black nationalist flag. Thank you. Thank you. Marcus Messiah Garvey for that. Um, it might be the way you uh, wear your hair, um, like an afro. Um, you might wear t-shirts and things or earrings that black people made that show that you're proud to be black. That's just me, though. That, those are just some examples. Um, right. There's a wide variety of things that you can do. Um, our website, blackheritageweek.com, on the homepage has a calendar, and it's filled with events and activities that are being 
hosted by organizations and artists and businesses around town. So we encourage you to uh, visit our website and see what those things are about. And, um, you know, what... Baltimore Black Heritage Week isn't necessarily um, just about self, you know, um, it's also about community. Um, Andrea, would you like to add a little more color to that? Yes, I can do that. A little more color. <laughs> add some color. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, first of all, I'm so excited to be here for the second year because yes. the first year looked completely different than the second year. And you all probably have noticed us on social media, and we want you to keep tagging, posting, liking, commenting, because that's how the word is getting out. And the last show you were on, last radio show, what was it, Be Exposed, Salacious Life? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. With Ren. Shout out to Dr. Ren. Shout out. What up, baby? Ren, thank yeah. you for the support. And what I noticed when I'm looking at this social media you know, interest, we got 128 shares. That's a lot. That's a lot. In, our village. in less than a Ew. week. In our significantly grassroots so effort thank to you. Yeah. Uh, celebrate and observe Black Heritage in Baltimore. Yes. That's a win. That's a big win. So, you know, when you ask about community, the social online community is certainly pulling in for us. And we want you to continue to share. So, Baltimore, Black Heritage Week. Is our Facebook. Is our Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Our website, of course, is blackheritageweek.com. And, yes, as Andrea said, we have gotten so much more activity this year. Like, we're so excited about how many business and organizations are hosting events, how many people are getting into it. And it's just, I said Black Heritage Week to just about everybody I ran into today. Yeah. And quite a few times, it was like, yeah, happy Black Heritage Week. And there were times that they were like, huh? I just handed them a fire. Right. That's what's up. Get into it. That's what's up. It's really exciting. So, how did you two meet? How did y'all team up to uh, to to do this? We met in a little bar down on. I love stories that start with we met in a little bar. (laughs) (laughs) She's in there like bar. uh, You know, a lot of good things can happen in a bar. Absolutely. And most of the things that people promise in in a bar. Don't happen. That's right, because there's a lot of shit talk. There's yeah. plenty of it. Yeah, but we did. We met at this a, lady. We met at a little, nice little quaint uh, little bar, um, and that was that was some years ago. But mm-hmm. this this began with a thought about um, Afram last year, and some conversations that were had about um, how and when and where we celebrate and. Um, you know, the conversation got um, really pragmatic. You know, we talked about other community organizations, other heritage organizations, um, the Latin Heritage Festival. That's not a city festival. Right. And I'm just saying the Greek festival. That's not that's not the Polish festival, not a city festival. And so we um, should not be beholden to or expect that the city of Baltimore is always going to be able to provide every means or opportunity for us to demonstrate or observe our heritage here or support our businesses here. So it began just from a conversation and a post on Facebook and some people liked it and other people wanted to get involved and so we decided well we'll just have our own week and we'll start with AFRAM and we'll continue for a whole nother week of supporting and promoting black business and activity in Baltimore. So that's what we did. And I have to commend you because I remember the first time around we had you on this time last year Mm -hmm. and I do have to say for myself just the observation that I can make is that you know you guys have gotten bigger. 
this year. Um, you know, you were telling me that you've gotten the mayor involved. Um, you've also um, gotten Morgan State University involved. Is that correct? Yes. Well, the mayor um, has put our Black Heritage Week Festival at Morgan on her calendar. Fantastic. We're hoping that that means that she will attend mm -hmm. um, or send some representative to attend. Mm -hmm. But Morgan State University and the Du Bois Diggs uh, Sociological Society, a student organization at Morgan, has gotten on board to support us and they've um, smarted us to use the space at the Jenkins Hall uh, Behavioral Sciences Building, Behavioral and Social Sciences Building. I don't mess with Morgan people like that. <laughs> the building. Uh, but they've offered us the outside space of their brand new building on Argonne and Helen, and it's beautiful. We're very excited. We are a bit caught off guard. Uh, that's a bit larger than what we were expecting, mm -hmm. um, of course, in our second year. And um, there's some things we weren't prepared prepare for, like now we need porta potties and we need Anybody some security. Has a and, up? Uh, <laughs> you know, so if you have some porta potties and you want. And or security. And you know, or security. I'm encouraging any of my uh, clients uh, that have come through any of my programs who now have their guard card to come out yeah, great. for free on Saturday and give a couple hours to provide some of that crowd control. Um, but, um, of course, it's the uh, student first day back for Morgan State, so students will be coming back to campus. It's a very great time for businesses and organizations in Baltimore to touch and reach out to them. Um, it's not very easy for the smaller businesses and organizations in our community to connect with that college crowd. So we're very excited about the opportunity and um, looking forward to seeing what happens. All right, a couple quick shout-outs. I mean, y'all getting love already. Yeah. Uh, Lonnie says, Thank keep you. it up. This is awesome. This is a beautiful thing. Thank and you. we got some love from Larry, South Jersey. Larry. Said, yo, big Take up. Ride, Larry. Larry. Yeah, yeah. Now, interestingly we'll enough, you. one of our very hardcore team members is from Jersey, and her name is Linda. Okay. Uh, and so I'm sure she might be listening, but she won't want me to give her last name. Cause <laughs> that's how she is. She's a private kind of person. I guess that's how you guys do it out there. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, but she's been a Baltimore uh, citizen for a very long time and an integral part of this uh, outreach team. So thank you, Jersey. Yeah. Shout out to Carrie as well. You're a faithful viewer and listener. We appreciate you. Um, let's give everybody kind of a, a, a just like overview of the different events that are going on uh, this week. Yes. Yeah, so as far as the sponsored events that the outreach team is supporting and helping to promote and fund, um, we have and we're excited that this is the second year also of the champagne and popcorn Black Filmmakers VIP Reception at Nancy by Snack. That's awesome. Say that again. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but it, it, and that in and of itself is our second year of just taking some time to appreciate the filmmakers that are local here, the work that they are doing, um, to provide them with some support. Mm -hmm. But it really is a reception and a networking opportunity. And what uh, Kevin Brown, the proprietor of Nancy by Snack, and just an awesome individual, um, in our conversations, recognize that a lot of times just folks who are uh, creatives don't have opportunities to just get together and celebrate each other, look at each other's work, um, network, and enjoy each other. So mm -hmm. the VIP reception is really a chance to get together, filmmakers and film students, mm -hmm. um, especially recent grads of some of our um, renowned film programs here in Baltimore, um, mm -hmm. as well as to showcase some of the work that our local artists have mm -hmm. put together. So that's on Wednesday at Nancy by Snack. Five is, to eight. Mm -hmm. That's the 15th of August. It's that's from right. 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Um, uh, and that's Lynn. on... Do you, oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish that up. One, uh, 131 West North Avenue, which is on North Avenue between Howard and Maryland. 
Correct. And shout out to Kevin Brown again for stepping up and helping the sisters out. But I want you guys to hold that thought. We'll continue sure. through the the, uh, the week when we come back. Commercial break. Just a bit outside. We're rewarding you for something you already do. Listening to us. It's Radio Loyalty, and it's an easy way for you to get free stuff. All you do is sign up. Go ahead and click the banner now. You'll earn points as you listen. Points you can trade in for great products and services in the Radio Loyalty store. You can earn even more points when you share your favorite station with friends on Facebook and Twitter. Radio Loyalty. It's free to sign up. So click the banner to join now. out this flashback from the Artist Exchange Radio Show. That's the biggest thing is just empowerment. Just get off of the begging line. Just be proud and just, and just get our pride and our dignity back because as a child, we're taught how to go and beg for a job. Our parents, they they literally taught us how to make sure you pull your pants up. Me, I'm a, I'm 6'7", so I'm a bigger man. I was always taught how to not uh, be threatening or intimidate people when I when I go into different interviews or, or different scenarios. And so we're literally taught how to condition ourselves, condition our speech, everything in order to go and beg these people for a job because we know when we walk in the door. I have to tear down 10 stereotypes before I get past hello. So we need to eliminate that. You are listening to BeExposedRadio.com. Welcome back to Just A Bit Outside Radio Show on BeExposedRadio.com. You're checking us out on Facebook, YouTube, TuneIn app, Radio Loyalty app. We appreciate it. And we're sitting here with Lynn and Andrea from Baltimore Black Heritage Week. Yes. yes. You mentioned porta-potties earlier. Uh, we did. Lonnie Robinson has a suggestion. He says, porta-pots are a big mi- business. They make money literally on the back end. Uh, <laughs> no pun intended. No pun I'm intended. sure a pun was intended. <laughs> but really. <laughs> so, you, so you might be able to get that pro- you might be able to get that product provided for free. Shut up, Siren. Right. Ask some construction companies show. who they use. Okay. And thank you, you, Lonnie. Hey, yeah, Lonnie, thank you so much for the suggestion, dude. I'm pretty sure they'll take that in consideration. And I just realized it was like Lonnie Robinson, 
to Lynn Robinson. Robinson. Lonnie, she asked about you. <laughs> you just seem helpful, Lonnie, and we appreciate helpful. Hey, Lara, I told her you're one of my faves, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Anime and all. I love you to death. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, Lonnie, thank you for that comment. Mm-hmm. And, um, you guys, as, as Mark said, we, when we left off, we were talking with Lynn and Andrea about Baltimore Black Heritage Week. And we were right in the thick of the discussion. And they were basically giving us a rundown of all the events that they have planned for the week. So I'd like to pick up where we left off with that, if you will. Yeah, well, you know, most of the events are really just self-generated. Mm-hmm. If you have a business and you have an event, let us know. We want to put that on our calendar and drive traffic your way. We are an outlet for exposure for black business in Baltimore. Um, we have three events that are associated with Baltimore Black Heritage Week. Lynn mentioned one earlier. Champagne and popcorn. Mm-hmm. Mm. A snack by Nancy. Mm. From 5 to 8. Mm. August 15th. <laughs> you want to be there. Because we're going to roll them. <laughs> but not just in a, in a film sense. It's primarily a filmmaker's networking event. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. We hosted it that way last year. It sold out early. So you yeah. do want to reserve. Because yeah. Kevin Brown is the truth on food. And you know what brings black people out. And that's it's really... Really a great uh, outlet, um, as they said, for for filmmakers. And we have a lot of that that go on in Baltimore. Right. I mean, you know, I do um, volunteering for the Maryland Film Festival. And one of the hugest films of this year's film festival, um, God, it was about the, the police culture. God, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, it was about the police culture in Baltimore and the whole Friday. It was a documentary. Yeah. Dad, going. I'm gonna get the name of that. Well, um, the filmmaker, and that's that, that's another one too. But right, <laughs> right. But we have a um, we we do have a very uh, rich film culture here in in Baltimore. Um, you know, as we had Theo Anthony from Rat Film come on. So I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you know kind of go on. Sort of down on the down low, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this film reception will provide a platform and an outlet for people to network and also to promote their work. Yeah. So what else y'all got going on? What you got? Besides this fabulous <laughs> so hair. Our, right. <laughs> I mean. It's hanging in there. Um, so, yeah, so that's um, one of our featured events um, that we support and provide outreach for. Now, on Friday, we are um, supporting, because she supports us, Miss Alex Alexander is hosting her oh, yes. uh, Bolton Hill Open Mic Series, which she does over in Bolton Hill. And uh, I think that she's, I think they're, uh, I don't want to say anything wrong, but I think we're both 10 years in okay. the project and her um, activities. So okay. we share that energy and that effort. But they're hosting. Um, yeah, um, we did. We have it up on our calendar. It is on our calendar, and <laughs> which the, is on our website. Yeah. So the Boat Hill, the Boat Hill Open Mic Series is on Friday night in Boat Hill, and you can find Alex Alexander on Facebook. Please check our Facebook and our website for links to that event. Um, on Friday is um, the Think Project. My firm hosts an annual community reinvestment activity. It's called the Feed. It has become a significant part of Baltimore Black Heritage Week as our community outreach. Um, and reinvestment activity as well. Um, It is geared toward folks who are um, suffering through uh, trauma and unstable housing. We primarily focus on youth. It's not an open community event. It's really geared toward folks that need services that are provided over at 
HEPCAC, um, which is in East Baltimore, 1212 Wolf Street. There are a variety of programs there that youth as well as adults um, can benefit from. But what we've seen in our work, and Keisha can um, attest to this, is a significant amount of young adults who are um, dealing with unstable housing. Um, and they may not call themselves homeless just yet, but mm -hmm. um, they may not always have a safe place to sleep at night um, or be or for their things to be. And those situations can generate significant amounts of trauma. So we want to invite folks out who could benefit from mental health support, substance and recovery support, um, the Youth Opportunities East Baltimore program is over there, a variety of resources there to attain your high school diploma, also get some employment services. The Charm City Clinic is also in that building, so you can connect there for some free health services, and they will be able to help folks apply for health care if they are still needing to do that. Um, there's AGS services, which is some additional mental health support. Um, there's Infinity Counseling, some additional mental health support. Um, and of course, the Think Project manages a micro-career center connecting to careers over in that building. And so we will be providing on-site career services as well um, as feeding people and providing emergency supplies, mm -hmm. um, go bags with ready-to-eat foods, uh, travel-sized toiletries, uh, condoms and contraception and that's um, important that's important that's important for folks who don't have a stable place to be to make sure that they are safe and that mm -hmm. they take care of themselves um, so that's going to be on Friday um, we are still continuing to collect uh, toiletries and emergency supplies if you'd like to contribute please yes. visit um, us on Facebook you can visit the website the Think Project um, and we will appreciate any amount of support but mostly send anybody that you think could use our services yeah we'll be there for them listen you know people are always people often come to me or they ask me and they say you know how can I help or what can I do um, time is limited funds is limited there's a reason why the feed is my favorite event of the week one is because this is us directly, you know, hands-on helping the community. And two, this is one of the easiest ways to give back. It requires damn near zero dollars, you know what I'm saying, and all in just a few minutes of your time. And also, you know, like as Lynn said, you know, if there's anybody that, you know, you could recommend that it's in need of these services and also to come come down check out the center come yeah. and see what's out there there's at there there's nobody out there that doesn't know someone that needs some type of assistance Absolutely. somewhere. You know what I mean? And we all have a tendency to get on Facebook and talk a lot of stuff and we post all of these wonderful stories. Mm -hmm. How about you be one of those wonderful stories? You know, and this week is, is a great, and especially this event in particular, yeah. is, a, is a great way to just, you know, get your feet wet, wet if you haven't done so already. Absolutely. Thank you, Keisha. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you. Um, and then, of course, on Saturday is our Baltimore Black Heritage Week finale and festival, which we're so excited about, and I've already talked about it being a work in progress. Um, but it will be held from 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. 12 p.m. At the Jenkins Hall Behavioral and Social Sciences Building, outside of that building, which is beautiful. There's a amphitheater. There's plenty of space. It's gorgeous if you haven't seen it. Really a gem and really proud to be um, supported by uh, one of the HBCUs, 
um, that's local to our area. And uh, what we know about Morgan is that a lot of people come to Baltimore, mm-hmm. they attend Morgan, and they stay. Mm-hmm. And so I ran into a ton of Morgan alum over the weekend and so proud to have them around and have their support. Um, they're talking about doing tailgating next year and all the things that they can do you know, to support this, um, this effort and Morgan's involvement. So mm-hmm. really excited about that. Um, and again, as Andrea said, check our calendar. Um, if there's anything that um, you think we could add to our calendar that folks could check out, please send us a message on our Facebook or a link. Um, we are adding all the time. <clears throat> if we weren't sitting here right now, we'd be both adding additional things to our Hosting. calendar because we're getting mm-hmm. communications every single day. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of restaurants are having Black Heritage Week specials. Um, some of them we haven't even had a chance to find out what the special is, but I guarantee you this. You go into your black restaurant and you ask them for the Baltimore Black Heritage Week special. They're going to give you the Baltimore Black Heritage Week special or they're going to come up with one and if they don't, your job is to them. selfie and post. <laughs> this place is not offering Baltimore Black Heritage <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag BBHW 2018. Hashtag. Hashtag. Shame our community into supporting this offer. <laughs> no, that's right. As Keisha, you said, where's the Marcus Garvey sauce? <laughs> okay, where is the Marcus Garvey sauce? <laughs> yeah, that week. Right, exactly. <laughs> don't be exactly. afraid to tell. I'm looking for that. Hey, you guys, uh, we're about to take another quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll do our Just a Bit Outside, Fade 5 with Andrea and Lynn. So don't go anywhere. Oh, we still going? Okay, all right, no problem. Mark, you want to do that then? Fuck it, we're still here. (laughs) Miss Kier. Like we never left. We're here for it. <laughs> All right, go for All right. it. Okay, so for guests, Mark's like, like okay, the, uh, yeah. five. We yeah, let's do it to, to change it up. We're yeah. with the old standby though. Five artists that you have in rotation currently. Currently, we'll start with Andrea. All right. Well, I'm an old head, and we I love old heads. You. Thank you, thank <laughs> you, and I love. Baltimore, and I can't get this song ever out of my rotation. It's always going to be in there. It's uh, the Basement Boys, uh, Crystal Waters. People call it She's Homeless, but really, what's the song called? Really, what's it called? La da dee da. It's called Something Gypsy Woman. Right. Oh, I call it La da dee da. She's Homeless, but yeah, that's one. Okay, okay. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. I want you back. Okay. Yes, I do now. Uh oh. Oh. <laughs> this is a first, but just well, a bit outside. She <laughs> is quite the artist as well, so. <laughs> Comes out of me. Um, Dinah Washington. Okay. Yeah. Um, John Coltrane. We heating up. We heating up. And uh, last one, you know, I got some Khaled, DJ Khaled, Wild Thoughts. Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) Because when when I'm with you, I like it. Wow, wow. This is not an example of her. We got to bring back uh, Dave on a duet. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. Well, I might have to do that damn duet. Speaking of of music, we are looking for performers. Oh, 
Holla. Local. We we want to really see a heavy contingency of youth and uh, local <coughs> artists and performers, dancers. Uh, we're looking for a spoken word. We're looking for uh, a cappella, a, 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 a cappella, and acoustic music. Oh, that would be nice. Acoustic would be nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, take your shoes yeah. off, music. Absolutely, and of course we um, we're gonna have a drum circle out there. We do have some um, artists that have agreed to perform. Oh, I just changed the subject. No, it's all right. We yeah, still talk about, about music, right? Come on, bring it back. Music. Well, I can lead. I can segue in. Yeah, segue in. Do it. Two of my um, artists that I've been listening to. Uh, mm-hmm. It is Black Heritage Week. Mm-hmm. Black Heritage Week, and so Boss Man, I have been listening to. Boss oh. Man is going to be performing at the Baltimore Black Heritage Week. Nice. And I have been listening to Boss Man, and um, so Boss Man, and then. <laughs> There's Jahidi, who I've been listening to a lot. Brownfish. He's actually mm-hmm. going to be singing the um, UNIA anthem as nice. we kick off Baltimore Black Heritage Week, because you said you would. So Three more real quick. There's the music. To, uh, oh. James Brown, Aretha Franklin, oh. and Taurus Rowley. Damn, there you have it. We'll be right back. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe or once every three months. You cannot dictate where that money comes goes, especially if the child ain't calling you about nothing. Now, if the child calling you every week, then you might can question about where the child support is going. But if every time you pick up the child, they look nice, they ain't complaining about nothing. How? I mean, why you worrying about where the money go at? It is what it is. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the... How will you stop texting and driving? Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. So, Jacqueline. Yes, Mom? I wanted to talk to you about something and... Oh, wait. Hold on. I just got a text. Oh, there's another one. Wow. Busy, busy me. So, anyway... Oh, wait, Mom. I just got a message. My friends keep commenting on my comment. Oh, there's another one. So many comments on my comment. Oh, I can't wait to watch TV tonight. Playoffs! Hey, guys, check out my new video game. Wait, 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 Mom, what? Huh? What? Hold What'd on. you say? Wait a second, huh? This weekend, unplugged. Take your family to the forest. There's nothing in the world like experiencing nature firsthand. Trees, paths, bluebirds, streams. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. <laughs> I was going to say that too. Hi, What's I'm that? Barber, and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. 
If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Everyone. Keyboard Cat. Everyone. Hamilton the Pug. And Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets. With millions of YouTube views, shares, Instagram likes, followers, and fans across the globe. But what do all these amazing pets have in common? Their stories started in a shelter. Adopt a dog and cat together. But what I can say is just start making yourself aware of what's going on. But don't be so concerned. You are listening to this podcast. What's up, guys? <laughs> All right, welcome back, guys. And uh, let me just first start off by thanking Lynn Robinson and Andrea Jane for coming through and taking the time to, you know, spread the word about Baltimore Black Heritage Week. It's a wonderful cause. It's a wonderful week. And, you know, be sure to take a look at the Facebook, Facebook page, the website, get involved, get into it, yo, honestly. Um, we we were talking about music, and you know there are a couple of uh, announcements I guess that we need to make. Um, one comment we had from uh, Miss Mosley is that we all need to say a prayer for Miss Aretha Franklin, please. She's in Detroit Hospital in critical condition. Um, you know anybody that knows anything about music, you know I mean, Aretha Franklin is a is a legend, you know and. Um, you know, prayers will definitely go out to Aretha Franklin's family and, and you know, all the fans who are, you know, beginning to mourn. Because, yeah. I mean, this, this, this will be a great loss in the music industry. Yeah, and, like, when the news hit this morning, I, I honestly, I thought we'd hear by now mm-hmm. the unfortunate news. That, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's... You know, they say she's Officially come out yet. Yeah. Right, right. You know, I, I'm expecting something... But, Maybe by tonight, tomorrow morning, because, yeah. you know, a lot of times they like to give, you know, family time to, you know, to deal with and, and you know, make arrangements and stuff like that. So, you know, we definitely keep that, the Franklin family in our hearts and prayers. Um, also, we also, and this is kind of segueing into our week on wrestling, um, the real on wrestling, I'm sorry, with Mark Foster, is, uh, you know, the, the wrestling community lost a great. A legend, and I'm gonna let Mark take it away with this one. Well, yeah, it's crazy because uh, there's been a lot of wrestling deaths lately. Two weeks ago, when Tyra was here, yep, um, talked about uh, Jerry Lawler's son Brian Christopher passing, mm-hmm. uh, Nikolai Volkov. Everyone remembers him from the '80s. He was mm-hmm. actually a local guy up in Glen Arm. Uh, he passed away, and then today, uh, Jim DeAnvil Neidhart, uh, legendary Heart Foundation member, uh, he passed away. I haven't heard a cause of death yet. Uh, his daughter Natty, she's a, uh, a performer in WWE right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, just the uh, thoughts out to the the Hart family. It, it's such a tragedy. The Hearts. They. Uh, I saw a picture posted online today of the Hart Foundation as a faction in the '90s. It was mm-hmm. like Brett, Jim the Anvil, Brian Pillman, David Boy Smith, Owen Hart. Brett's the only one left alive. Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw that comment on on Facebook too. Like you know you don't. I didn't really realize until I saw like damn that yeah. you know that is crazy like we've they've kind of been 
like one by one, man. And, yeah. and you know, and it's, it's kind of sad, and, and also too because it's these are like the your childhood heroes, the you know the people that you used to watch when you were like six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Yeah, you know what I mean, and, and really looked up to, and really looked forward to seeing like every night, late night. What was that Saturday nights when when it would come on, and uh, glow would come on too, man. Like that was one of the things that we used to look forward to as a kid. Yeah, superstars of wrestling back yep. in the eighties. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was such a good performer, though. I'll, I'll never forget. Like, yeah. Him and his tag team with Brett was just amazing. So, uh, like, again, thoughts to the Hart family, Nightheart family, Natty, and uh, the whole WWE community, yeah. you know, because that, that's a big one. That's a big one. Um, we haven't had to, an opportunity to all night to really get into one of our favorite segments of the show, our WTF moments of the week. And, you know, as in, in the sports realm, they always serve us up something nice. And I believe Mark has a, a WTF that is kind of, is, this is like a kind of ongoing type of thing, man. I, I feel like, you know, we can't really let this, this uh, situation go. Which one are you thinking of? Oh shit! I'm I'm thinking about the LeBron being the. Oh, no. <laughs> we did talk about that earlier in the week. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I forgot about that. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that'd be my what, what yeah. the fuck. All right. Well, which one do you have? Um, I, I almost went with this, but it's booty huff. But this is more of a WTF. Okay. Um, St. Louis Cardinals pitcher. Sorry, Jay. Like I know Jay's a Cardinals fan. Uh, pitcher Luke Weaver cut his finger. While opening a food tray in a clubhouse at Kansas City, and was scratched from his Sunday start against the Royals. Card, <laughs> cards are two and a half back in a wild card race, and homeboy cut it on aluminum foil. <laughs> um, the accident occurred Saturday night when the right-hander sliced his index finger on his pitching hand. On his pitching hand. Super glue was applied, but it did not hold oh, sufficiently for Weaver to pitch deep into a game. Wait, hold up. Did you say Jared Weaver? Uh, Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, Tyson Ross, he uh, was claimed <laughs> by the Cardinals last week off of waivers, waivers from San Diego, made the appearance in place of Weaver, and got the win in an 8-2 victory. And you know in sports, when someone comes up and takes your spot, yeah, fear. Yeah. That is crazy. Aluminum foil. Holy crap. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Good old-fashioned baseball joint. <laughs> well, mine is, is, I guess, not as uh, colorful. But, um, like I said, this is something that we've kind of been talking about for a little while now. Um, as, as we said um, last week, um, we commended LeBron James of the now Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> You see, so turning, right? you see me turning, right? You see me turning, right? But we were talking about um, him opening up his new school, the I Promise School, and how it was received across the country. And apparently, it's a big hit. Because there's a petition going around <laughs> that is calling for the Secretary of Education, Betsy Davos, to be fired. And for LeBron James to be her replacement. How awesome is that? Or how disrespectful is that? I mean, depending upon what side you're on, I don't know. We know it'll never happen because right. uh, he's got to be appointed to that position by. The- I think Kanye West would become Secretary of Education before LeBron James. 
And you know, <laughs> I think it's no small coincidence that in the last couple of days since the news of the petition went out, that now there's like right wing websites saying, yeah. "Oh, well, it's not really LeBron's school. Taxpayers are still paying." Yeah, taxpayers are still paying for it. It's still a public school. Yeah, but he's public school. In, I mean, he's put in two million dollars a year as long as they're meeting a. Uh, admission requirements of uh, max capacity students. And I'm gonna tell you what, ain't no taxpayer dollars paying for them damn bikes and them bike helmets. Yeah. Okay. He's <laughs> in them iPads and whatever other amenities that they get, and that you don't get at normal public schools. Okay. So I don't even want to hear that. That's crazy <laughs> to me. That's just. Cra- I mean, seriously, that's crazy to me, man. I mean, but what do you think, Mark? Are you all for LeBron's being Secretary of Education? How you feel about that, yo? Um. He's like, um. <laughs> Let's see after his first year with the Lakers. If he brings him a championship run, then nah, he can stay in the in the league. But if it's obvious his playing days are over, yeah. P- okay, okay. Transition into the private sector and and public, uh, you know, service. So you say LeBron does? He could quit his day job if he wanted to. Sure, why not? <laughs> this, hey, this administration, they're going to throw anyone in any slot. Right, and you clearly don't need to have any experience. So. Uh, yeah, that was a good. <laughs> Not to get political or anything. Oh but have, shit! But have you heard about the uh, stuff that Omarosa has been saying about Trump? Oh no, no, what was that? She's got a book coming out. Oh boy, I'm pretty sure that's going to be tastefully tasteless. Well, nah, she's uh, coming in hard. Oh. <laughs> she's saying like the the rumors about the tapes of The Apprentice. Yeah. Him dropping the N bomb or, or sure. Real. Like sure. He dropped it a lot, apparently. Oh, shit. Um, she said that when she was fired from the White House, she was basically held captive. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in that. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a host that really ain't wrapped too tight either. But, you know, like I said, I, I'm very... I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of that stuff is not unfounded. No, so, man. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what comes of that as well. We'll be on the lookout for that one. It makes for a good nighttime... <laughs> Good story time, nighttime reading. <laughs> a little light reading, you know. Yeah. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, you guys, in the last few minutes, kind of, you know, we we spent so much time talking about, um, you know, just everything that's been going on. Uh, this last topic will we'll carry on to the next show. But what I wanted to do is, you know, we promised you guys last week that we would open up the discussion of who our predictions were or who our picks would be for the AL and NL MVP as well as AL and NL Cy Young winners. Um, Mark, I know you have some notes on the AL and the NL Cy Young winners. So um, I was thinking that maybe we could kind of start our discussion with that and um, we could continue that on to next week because that's going to be an ongoing conversation for the final seven weeks of the regular season in the major league. Yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, what I find really interesting is the NL. Whatever happened to your dude, Kershaw? Like he's not even in the conversation. Kershaw. Okay, so this is the thing about the the National League, and I feel like this is the same thing about the MVP race, too. I feel like there's really no clear cut winner. Okay, yeah. for the NL Cy Young, and and also for the MVP as well. But we'll get more into that next week. Now. Okay, so you you asked me what happened to my boy Clayton Kershaw. <sighs> He's not even top ten. I, and you know what's so crazy? I don't even have an answer for that dog. You know what I'm saying? Like I have no. I 
I just I, I want to say that he's had an off season. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because he's done so well these previous seasons. I mean, I guess due to the law of averages, he's bound to have a bad season. But Entering the season, did he have an injury? I can't remember. I was, I was just thinking myself. I think he was dealing with an injury um, at the beginning of the season. Maybe he hasn't just really hasn't found his groove um, recovering from that. But what I can say is I'm not ready to say that he's lost his mojo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he, to me, is still... One of the best pitchers of this decade, man. You know, I mean, the things that he, you can't count out the things that he has accomplished. That's so, right. you know, it is very surprising that, you know, at this, at this state in the game, at this point in the season, there's no mention of Clayton Kershaw when you're discussing the NL Cy Young. But um, let's get into some of the names that are being um, discussed. Uh, Mike, I mean, Mark, who do you have your, uh, your uh, eye on? For the uh, you know, my eye is on Zach Greinke of the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Gosh, that was my other guy too when he really? was with the Dodgers. I was big green, like I love that combo. To me, that was one of the first, you know what I mean, um, two-headed pitching monsters. You know, I kind of like kicked it off, kind of. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But uh, please continue. Uh, let's see. He has played in twenty-four games. He has an ERA of two point eight nine. Uh, innings pitched is 149.2, and he's got, what, 152 strikeouts? I mean, the dude is playing balls out, mm-hmm. and the Diamondbacks are still ahead of Dodgers mm-hmm. in the West. It, I, I feel like for all the Dodgers did at the trade deadline, and, I mean, yeah, they got Manny Machado, but they got more than Machado. They, mm-hmm. they went hard in, in trades, and they still haven't been able to... to they, they caught up, they took the lead for a, little, for a few... Just a little bit, and then the, the Diamondbacks came back. Okay, all right, that's legit. That's a legit. Uh, that's a legit pick. Um, you know, there have been a few names that have been thrown around. Um, Scherzer, Scherzer, yeah, has been having an excellent year, and um, the next name that I'm going to mention is also having an, an excellent year. But I think the fact that they're the team records is are going to hurt their chances at being picked. And I'm talking about Jake DeGrom yeah, of the I, New York Mets. I, this dude has been and, – and this is a, a – all right, let me come back to that. I got so many DeGrom <laughs> things. But this dude has been lights out. So let me just go ahead and give you all a couple of stats really quickly. ERA of 185. He rarely walks a batter. I mean, like, seriously, like, rarely. The most impressive stat of them all, he strikes out over 10 batters per nine innings. So that's a third of your outs taken care of by a pitcher every inning. And because of these, like, these are really, like, particular stats where, you know, I also have him in my runnings for NL MVP. And a pitcher, it's rare that a pitcher gets MVP because they have this, you know, this they have their own category, yeah. you know, basically with the Cy Young. But as with um, Scherzer, uh, Jake DeGrom, the Mets are doing even worse than the dash, the Nationals, and um, I believe that is going to hurt him. But when it comes to the NL Cy Young, to me, um, this is my front runner. This is the guy, and we were just talking about 
Clayton Kershaw an injury. Jacob DeGrom dealt with his own set of injuries himself. Um, the past two, two seasons have been very bumpy, not only for DeGrom, but for the New York Mets bullpen. I mean, Noah Syndergaard, I mean, you know, Matt Harvey. It was at one point... I didn't even know who the hell the person was on the pitching mound for the Mets. I mean, this yeah. is legit. So, you know, for um, for Jake DeGrom to be able to, I mean, I, I felt like he, uh, I think his injury started, his injury started like two years ago. And, you know, last year was kind of a tradition, uh, I'm sorry, a transition year for him. And then this year was kind of like a reemergence. But for him to kind of, you know, reemerge, he cut all the hair off and everything. Like, he's kind of like this whole new pitcher. And to do so well, man, that's very impressive. And it would really be a shame if, you know, something as little, something as small as, you know, your team's record, <laughs> you know, could could count him out yeah. of winning this prestigious award. Absolutely. And, um, you know, kind of to kind of circle back around to what I was saying in the beginning, you guys, this the NL race as far as Cy Young and MVP this year will question will question a lot of things for you. You know what I mean? One, what does most valuable mean to you? You know what I'm saying? And two, what makes up the best pitcher in the league? Like, what stats are most important? You know, um, I. You know, I, I couldn't help but think about when I was uh, reading up on the MVP, NL MVP race, I couldn't help but think about the discussion that we had about um, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they was in a tight race, too. You know what I'm saying? Everybody had their own arguments, their own reasons for why one was more deserving than the other. When, you know, and it, and it kind of morphed into not even really about the players, but, you know, what's your definition of, you know, an MVP? And you know what? I'm, I'm going to write this down when I go back and write, you know, watch the show tonight because I think this is a good, you know, a good topic for next week since we're going to continue this discussion. But, um, you know, yeah. Back to my, my main point, though. You guys, pay attention to this, you know, this N.O. race. You know what I mean? Like, there are so many candidates that, I mean, Mark and I only talked about three, four pitchers. There are other guys out there that um, can make you can make a case for as well. And this makes for really great baseball. Yeah. Too. And it's only seven weeks left in the season. So these guys are going to be doing everything possible to make their case to, make their case to be the one. So we'll be on the lookout for that. Um do we have time? You want to give your... We have. I think we have like a minute left. Do you want to... Um, oh, shit. Let's do our feel good. Feel good? Yeah, let's um, do that. You know, it's local. Kind of feel good and hometown hero wrapped into one. Yeah. Adam Jones. You yeah. Know, there's a lot of talk about uh, him being a 10-5 guy at the trade deadline. There's r- rumors that the Phillies wanted him. And they wanted him kind of for his leadership and not necessarily his, his on-the-field play. He's adamant. He wants to be a leader within the Orioles. He said he would move over to right field, welcome, uh, oh, God, what's the kid's name? He, he's, he debuted. Mullins? Mullins, yes. And he was, oh, man. He said he'd welcome Mullins to yeah. the clubhouse, Woo. move over to right field, to do whatever he can to help this team and be the leader for it. And true to his word, Mullins came up, he moved over to right, and, you know, he's doing the damn thing that, that you know, the, you want that loyalty in a player. 
I'm thinking the O's need to do everything they can to to keep him. Oh, most definitely, because they need that veteran leadership, and that right there was quintessential veteran leadership. I'm scared those are not going to do what they're not going to offer him a good contract. You know what? We'll talk more about that offline and what I will do if we lose Adam Jones. But listen, you guys, that's just about all the time that we have for tonight. Um, Once again, I'd like to thank Lynn Robinson, Andrea James for coming through and spreading the word about Baltimore Black Heritage Week. As we said earlier, yo, check them out on Facebook. Check them out online, blackheritageweek.com. And, you know, seriously, get into it. Be a part of it. You know, you don't necessarily have to attend an event. You can do stuff yourself. Do things in your community, community cleanup, whatever. But um, I hope to see you guys out during the week at one of the events. So I'll be at them all. And uh, Mark, man, thanks for another great show, homie. That's what we do. You know how we end the show? Baltimore, spread love, yo. Radio show every Friday, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., every Saturday, 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Real artist, real talk, real live on BeExposedRadio.com. I was meeting with a friend yesterday, and I've gotten to the point where don't ask me a question because the truth is going to come out. Exactly. Just don't do it. You ain't looking for the 